Hey folks, it's Nicole, and I have a bit of a confession to make. Uh, this episode was recorded quite some time ago. What am I going to say? Life happens, you know? Um, in this episode, our guest is the inimitable Patrick Walsh of Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. In the episode, you may hear us refer to Patrick's dear feline companion, Miss Smoochie LaRue, in the present tense. I am very sad to report that Miss Smoochie passed away unexpectedly on July 31st. I know that Brett and David join me in giving Patrick our deepest condolences. If you in our audience would like to maybe offer Patrick a little boost, might I suggest a small donation in Miss Smoochie's name to Patrick's favorite charity, Backpacks for the Street, an organization that distributes necessities to people experiencing homelessness. Or you can check out his podcast, Scream Queens, Where Horror Gets Gay. He has hundreds of episodes in his back catalog, and he is a true delight. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every single week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This To Us. Hello everybody, my name is Brett Stewart. Joining me on this You Did This To Us evening, Nicole Davis, how are you? I'm good. I've been pre-gaming with a Malbec that is far better than this movie deserves. And uh, so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm in okay mood. I'm, I can deal with this. Yeah. Alcohol feels necessary. This movie hurt me. <laughs> um, just, I'm still sad about it. Uh, da- David Luzader, how are you? I am doing well. I am excited to announce my new podcast where we only discuss the basketball scene from this movie. Um, it'll run for <laughs> six years. And we have plenty of content to break down. So I'm excited. You really do. You can break every piece of that scene down segment by segment over episode by episode. Uh, Joining us, we have a guest this week. We're very excited for our special guest, Patrick Walsh, the host of the I Can't Can't Roll My R. Scream Queen. I can't roll my R. Someone roll an R for me. You all can do it. You all can do it better than me. There we go. The Scream Queens podcast (laughs) with a Z, uh, the podcast where horror gets gay. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing this evening? It's a really pleasure to have you on. I'm doing better than I was last week when we were supposed to record, but we'll get into that in the show. But um, I think I've decided I'm going to be a hostile guest just because this movie has brought out a dark side to me that I, I, I just can't. Yeah, did it actually make you? I know you were sick last week and I had lost power. This movie made me a little physically sick. Yeah, and then I listened to your Jennifer's Body episode, and you just kind of patriarchied all over one of these queer classics. But that's okay. I'm not hostile. We'll have fun anyway. <laughs> Catwoman. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jaybo. All righty, cat. Yeah, Catwoman was the pick. So you did this to us. For listeners unfamiliar, is uh, when you, the audience, have the opportunity to vote for the film. I think Jennifer's Body was another one of those. Film. Yep. No, no, you picked that movie, Brett. Don't try I to did. Pick- yeah, that was a new to two. For what? Did I really? Jennifer's yes. body. Yeah. Man, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, in any case. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're all on my list. So don't worry. <laughs> I know. Uh, so in any case, new to two. I'm not new to two. You guys got me all off track now. You did this to us. You can vote on our website, mgrpodcast.com. You can follow it on Facebook and Twitter and all those good places that we normally plug. But we record ahead of time, meaning that if you're listening now and you want to vote and take part in that process, you can either vote on existing films in the panel. We always put the two through six that lost the previous time to seed it with five originally. And you can add your own movies. And this was one that got added I think two times ago, it was not one that we seeded, but it did eventually take the cake here. Catwoman from 2004. Before we talk about it, 
And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, David, next week is the start of a new movie go round, uh, go around, I suppose. It's new to two. It's a film that neither myself nor Nicole have seen before. What are we watching next week? Yeah, I was so prepared for this. Uh, you're totally right. I remembered that I was supposed to do this, uh, which is why we are watching the James Gunn movie Super, because that's the only movie that comes to the top of my head that uh, I know the two of you have not seen. And I've been wanting to bring on here for a while. Hey folks, Nicole again in the edit. We did not, in fact, actually watch Super after Catwoman. Uh, instead, what you will be hearing after the movie Ghoul Round cycle is completed will be our discussion of The Social Network. But this week's movie, 2004's Catwoman, a shy woman endowed by the goddess Bast with the speed, reflexes, and senses of a cat walks a thin line between criminal and hero, even as a detective doggedly pursues her, fascinated by both of her personas. <laughs> so what I kind of want to go off the bat here, first of all, had, had everyone seen this movie before? No, no. 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 And it was bad in a whole way I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It I was, think, uh, okay, so I'd seen this. Oh, really? Who wrote that description? That description isn't even right. <laughs> I, I pulled it off of IMDb. I know, but whoever, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's your fault, Nicole, <laughs> even though it is. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't blessed by Bast. It was a random cat who just felt like it. No, the cat. I, I th- thought the cat had the goddess like your spirit the way the and... way what's her name explained it was well he the cat saw that she was going to die and she said well i wonder what would happen if i gave her goddess power just cause not she was selected <laughs> it wasn't part of a heritage it was because the cat was we, like eh, why not we, we cannot break down the logic of this because we will get nowhere and we will get stuck oh but that's the fun <laughs> part right that's the fun part this is 20 million dollars of absolutely no sense yeah <laughs> i believe they do mention though that the cat tested her by having her go out onto the ledge first of all cats the the likelihood of you falling is much higher than that of that cat no cats fine don't get on the ledge to get a cat in that situation yeah Yeah. right (laughs) yeah put a can of tuna out the cat will come back in (laughs) no cats are notoriously aloof they're just like "Eh, are you you getting me food are you being an asshole fine you're good you're good but not gonna be so let's yeah, Let's start here by talking a little bit about what Catwoman's supposed to be, because so I, I'm not I'm not comic savvy like like our resident comic expert, David. But like, is she supposed to have superpowers? Yeah. Is she supposed to be like Nolan's where Nolan's does not have any superpowers? She's just really tricksy and, and, and half away with but, goggles on. Yeah, right. R- right. That, the, the Nolan one is closer, but mm-hmm. I, I would say kind of in broad strokes. Um more so than specifics. Uh, they are both named Selena Kyle. Uh, Catwoman is an original uh, Batman villain. By the way, by original, I mean she showed up in Batman number one in 1940. Um, but where she is never, like where the Joker is evil, she's always been more like the femme fatale, kind of the antithesis to Batman, the will they, won't they, um, over the years. And she's always just been a, a human, a cat burglar. She was called the cat originally. And over the years, especially in the 90s, she has turned more into sort of an anti-hero and has been sort of the the only real serious love interest for Batman in the recent Tom King run. And I haven't read uh, in a few months, so I don't know where they are currently. But there was a big storyline where Batman and Catwoman were supposed to get married. Um, <laughs> and they didn't. Spoiler alert. They didn't. Cats and rodents getting married. My God. (laughs) Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Exactly. Exactly. So she has always been um, not, you know, she's been a foil to Batman, never really been uh, a a straight up evil character. She does the wrong thing for the right reason sort of idea. So where the hell is Cat? Until the 1960s when she became a gay icon. Well, yes. Camp icon, yeah. <laughs> Which well, this movie also encapsulates none of. Yeah. yeah. So where the hell did yeah. this movie come from then? If where's the superpowers and all that stuff? Is if, if that's not in the comics? I don't know. I want to know where Eartha Kit and her guys in stripy t-shirts are to. Thank you. You know, yeah. commit crimes and be alluring and trill like nobody else has ever trilled in the history <laughs> of anything. So where was she? Where? Why? What? Uh. Hmm. 
<laughs> well, I will, I will, I'm going to quote right off the bat um, that I, I, oh, the cat. <laughs> thank you. This is not a hero week. <laughs> uh, when, when Halle Berry accepted the award for her Razzie for being in this movie. Uh, yeah. And she said, and I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but she basically said it read much different on paper. Where yeah, well, I would need that. I want to thank the writers, all 20 of them. Thank you for thinking this was a good idea. Obviously, it wasn't, but I appreciate the thought. You thought it was. You tried. Hey, thank you. What I have to say, watching the whole thing and watching all of the performances, everybody's giving nothing. No, It's like they hired actors and told them not to act, kind of like George Lucas did with the later... Star Wars sequels. It's like, I'm just going to let the special effects do the work. Because, man, you've got Catwoman and Sharon Stone in bitch battle after bitch battle after bitch yeah. battle. This is gay heaven. I should have been eating this up. I know. And, it felt, and, and there's, it they're felt not like, bitchy enough. It felt like they were doing a walkthrough of the of the, the combat, the stage combat. Yeah. And just uh, saying, just marking it. Everything was, was weird. Yeah. The combat's terrible. This movie's biggest sin is that it's so terribly boring. I, oh God! Yeah, yeah. Halfway one through this, movie, yeah, yeah. One of halfway through this movie, I just I realized I was struggling to pay attention. I, I thought was, it was one of those like three-hour Nolan films. <laughs> then I looked at the clock. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> now we're only forty-five minutes in. Come on! Oh, by the way, I'm looking yeah. forward to being asked on the dribble cast when it finally premieres. <laughs> About the basketball game, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. You're welcome. Wait, Trademark wait. that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to go to bat a, uh, a little bit for uh, Benjamin Pratt, cool. no. who is at least no. in like a mediocre romantic comedy where he plays a cop. Yes, I don't. I've never <laughs> been a big fan of Benjamin Bratt, but I noticed in this movie, he's got a really winning smile. He Here does. he is. That's why his <laughs> movies. Yeah, but it's got a the man smile. Nobody had anything to do. With Serena, Serena Kyle is that her? Is that her name? You know nothing. About no. Halle Berry's character at all. Nothing. Zip. No. Zero. Nothing. This movie, she's patient. Dresses poorly. Patience is <laughs> Patience Phillips is her character name yes. in this oh, for right. some right. reason. And and the setting. Right. And she has a sassy fat friend. Yes. And a sassy gay friend that you see for about five seconds. He had one line and said, Well, yeah, we're gonna man make sandwich. a man sandwich. Like that's not a saying, and that's not how you make one. No. You need two men to make a man sandwich, is only one. Right. Or but whatever. I don't know. It was not working. <laughs> <laughs> and then and what's her name from the uh what what is her name? The who played the friend from the um Oh, I don't know. Um it, uh, Matt TV. The character's name's Sally. Uh Mrs. Swan. It's Mrs. Swan. Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein winds up going for hospital like for tests in the hospital. She's there for like 15 months <laughs> lounging around in yoga pants. Like what happened? Like nothing. Like they're just keeping me for 15 months in this hospital. She fainted once and was there for the, the, you know, the normal six weeks that they hold. Getting the D from the interns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seduced your doctor. You know, it's like Rhoda right. goes to the hospital, you know, as you do, let's catch a doctor. Uh, <laughs> and David, to your to your point, like like nothing. The fights are not fun. Like no. at no point in the climactic fight is it interesting. The setting is boring. There is nothing visually appealing about any of these places they go in the deep, seedy underbelly of the cosmetic industry. Um, like that's a whole other gripe of mine. Uh, it's at no point is it does it even try to be memorable memorable or lean into the badness to give me something to make me at least care a little bit. There are so many overshots of like the city that are cgi and that drove me crazy yeah yeah <laughs> and all the cgi cats which just look oh, oh so awful no it's first so of all I was, I was thrilled because i spotted the cat was an egyptian mouth immediately and i thought it was really cool I'm like they're gonna do some cool mythology with that and then they didn't and then they brought up that it was an egyptian mouth I'm like you ruined it and so, so let's <laughs> and, and a cgi halle berry so much so much cgi halle berry well <laughs> I guess they needed to make sure that that walk was inhuman as possible. It wasn't oh. cat, but it was definitely not human. What was she doing? Yeah. Nicole, how did you describe that walk in our, in our discussion it's, topic? It's like she is she is always cocked back to do finger guns, but then she never does finger guns, and I'm sad. <laughs> she never, <laughs> this movie was just like, hey. Cats notoriously yeah, exactly. not fun of, of, of finger guns. Cats, you know, they do that thing where they're just... Like a cobra, waiting to strike. They're just still, still, still. All of a sudden, lots of motion. But she was just always 
So let's let's back yeah, Robin and stuff. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. Let's backtrack a bit. Is she even a cat or a woman or, or neither? You know, Patrick, you put this cat in our woman. docket. Neither cat nor woman. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> cat no coffee talk. Fancy feast, neither fancy nor feast. Discuss. It's the whole thing. <laughs> So I, I didn't remember her having quite the amount of cat powers, like being afraid of the rain and like the, her, her first instinct is to chase a bug, which is like fairly is very cat like. I'm going to call time right now because this movie committed a huge crime and I'm going to make them pay because it's the reason why we didn't record last week. One of the reasons anyway, because this movie keeps perpetrating that Hollywood myth that cats love sources of milk. Give a cat a saucer of milk. It's so good for them. It's not. Cats are almost all lactose intolerant, and you're going to wind up with the diarrhea party. I watched this movie. What happened to me, listeners? Four days of diarrhea over the weekend. Thank you, Catwoman. Thank you. When she goes to the bar and she orders the uh, the white Russian, but hold the ice, the Kahlua, and the the rum. And the vodka. And the oh, vodka, yeah. yeah. And, 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 so what she orders is a glass of half and half at the bar. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. Okay, I had to watch this with um, uh, the uh, sorry, words falling out of my head, captions on, yeah, because I'm old and I'm deaf. <laughs> what are the treats I got? The first time you see her spying on that loud party that's across the way from her, and it's all those tough biker people. <laughs> they said the, the caption said the party across the street is dancing to the sounds of Huba Stank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the movie going, those people are not dancing to Hoobastank. They would never dance to Hoobastank. What's a Hoobastank? Really? I mean, that just shows you what this movie was going for. When they, they didn't know anything about nothing. Like, we got a song. We're going to stick it in. Oh, God. It wasn't even like a popular, and I can't name popular Hoobastank songs, but I know I've heard Hoobastank songs. <laughs> I, whatever song they were playing was not a Hoobastank song. I <laughs> I don't think they were popular with the biker bar crowd. I just never put no. those two together. No, never. Whenever I step outside, somebody claims to see the light. It seems to me that all of us have lost our patience. So, question for you guys. We, we talked, you know, Catwoman, neither cat nor woman. But apparently, and I didn't realize this when I originally saw it, I guess I, it's been so long, but they deal with the whole duo personality thing, and she seems to only be aware of it when convenient, so she can. No, they don't deal with it. <laughs> no, but that's my point. It's like it's never explored at all, so I guess it's it exists. Yeah, she's not really doing a good job of keeping a secret identity when the first thing she does is like can that that exact same thank you note. Right, but <laughs> she she does like the whole like apology thing, but then also is conveniently aware of her other persona when necessary to flirt yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Or to rescue ch children from rolling Ferris wheels. <laughs> right. Oh, the Ferris wheel. <laughs> or when she robs a bank. 15 feet bank, of uh, horror, you know. <laughs> yeah. She she robs a um a jewelry store. Jeweler. Yeah. That was already in the process of getting robbed. Right. Without any alarms going off or no, Oh, that jewelry. <laughs> this is, this is a, a giant, a giant jewelry store that has no security. No, no, nowhere in this movie has that cameras. jewelry in the displays <laughs> yeah. overnight. You don't know. Yeah, that, do that does not happen. <laughs> no, very easily <laughs> broken. Happen at like Zales at the mall. They don't leave jewelry in the case. <laughs> yeah, never mind. They don't even do that at Claire's boutique. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, Claire knows stuff. I almost said a bad word. <laughs> it's okay we have bleeps uh so yeah i mean that's just i i thought that you're gonna need a bigger bleep with this movie okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i thought that could have been kind of fun if they had explored like the duo personality of like sometimes she's just aggressively cat-like and, and needs to eat tuna on her bed and and there's none of that in this movie it just, uh, sleep oh. for 19 hours a day like <laughs> yeah, that's be more realistic no, at no point did she in a box or throw up in a shoe. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Her hair doesn't start falling out just every time she even. She doesn't lick her butt. Nothing. <laughs> I am amazed. She never once hacked up a hairball. No. Like with what this yeah. movie was doing. I'm amazed. She never did that. 
I'd have paid an extra dollar on the rental for that. Oh, but like the cat got your tongue and stuff. It, I mean, it, it leans into the cat puns where it can. Oh, joylessly, joylessly leads into leads into the cat yes. pun. Right. Yeah. I will say this though, and 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 Patrick, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this atrocity, uh, but despite being awful, this film still feels slightly less awful in a world where I now have seen cats, and I just don't know which film that's more insulting to, because I feel like there's worse cat things out there, and I've seen them, and I've had to watch them for this show. In a you did this I, to a segment. I've seen them both as well. At least the cats movie, I give them credit for being ambitious. This movie took no risks. That's fair. That's fair. And that's fair. gave us nothing new. I mean, because I think if you're doing a Catwoman movie and making it separate from the whole Batman universe, you're going to put a fresh spin on it. And it kind of felt that way. Like the opening credits had that whole Egyptian theme and there was the uh, uh, and the cat shows up on the couch. She's checking on me. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there was the, the, the wailing vocals behind giving this kind of exotic mood. And then it was just the same old. Right. People behaving like they were on the uh, on the uh, like they were behaving on, like they were on the TV show when Benjamin Bratt ran up twenty three flights of store, <laughs> stairs in five seconds. Right. Hold on, yeah. you stay up there. I'm gonna run up twenty three flights of stairs. Don't fall f- off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw no. any boxes down to break or fall just in case, or you know, don't don't do anything. No, and and and, and just you, you okay. Would. I mean, Sharon Stone's the big villain here, and it seemed like it. I, like it buried the lead or like it exposed everything too soon. Like it should have, that end should have been a surprise. Yeah. Wasted was Sharon Stone. Yeah. Wasted Sharon Stone. Uh, but I, I do want to, I do want to speak to Benjamin Bratt real quick. Were there, are there no other cops in the city? None other ever. Cause he is everywhere. No, no. all the time. No. no, no, no. He's all they need. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you're right about the Sharon Stone thing because, they, they bury that in the sense that, you know, she could be much more likable early on. So the turn is more compelling, but she's just so instantly dislikable. And and here's what I don't understand about, about the, the beauty company, because this movie is like if Clinique was the bad guy. Like what, what makes what makes a gay movie a gay movie? It's usually that gay men like movies, a straight men like movies where the bad guys lose, where gay men like movies where the bad girls win. So this is the kind of movie that I should be eating up with a spoon, and it doesn't give me that at all. Cardinal no. Sin, like, and you and you, you get Halle Berry and Sharon Stone, two gay idols, and they just mm, mm, nothing, right? Nothing. I mean, Sharon Stone was campier in Total Recall than she is in this movie. You know, well, she like I said, everybody just seems way harder into it. I think they were all just repressed. Like this, this director, what is it? Pinto, Pintar, Pilaf, 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 yeah. <laughs> Was apparently very, he does music videos and is super in love with his own special effects. So it would make sense to be like, you don't have to act, just tone it down. The special effects are going to do all the work. You don't have to do anything. No, no, they do need to do something. And so that's paying the millions with, of dollars to do to add razzle dazzle, and we're not getting it. <laughs> and with Sharon Stone's character in this whole company, I don't understand the motive of the company because the whole, the whole, the whole shtick of the movie is that they're going to release a beauty product that disintegrates people's faces. If they put it on and stop putting it on that, no one knows how to pronounce. Everybody pronounces it differently. They're the <laughs> line. Right. But that doesn't make any sense because like, but they're like, we have to get it to market. And I'm like, all right, well, if this goes to market, you're going to disintegrate people's faces and that's going to be a problem. And then there's not also like a part where they're like, Oh, we want to disintegrate people's faces. Like it's just bad business. It's they, melty face is the new black yeah, it'll it'll <laughs> not disintegrate your face if you keep using it is what they informed us which is right <laughs> sure that's the whole right, it'll turn it's turn your skin to marble in a twist that was not shocking at all because they, they it was delivered with no villainous <laughs> thrill of just that yeah my skin's marble i don't hear any it, it was inconsequential it was inconsequential because when the when the fight ended when sharon stone gets tossed out a window i was like that was it like that I was, was waiting for her to shatter on the pavement below. That would have been or, awesome. Or like get but, up or something. No, she, she, was t- she totally fine. She just didn't hurt. She's just bored. She's like, I'm just going to lay here. Yeah. I think there was bored. more of the fight. But I think, I'm, not, I'm not moving until the credits are done rolling. Right. Everybody Sharon, out of the theater. Sharon Stone's protest. Please, for the love of God, let me just die. <laughs> Now, now, mercifully, this director has never been permitted to make another movie, uh, but he yep. does have some other some other sins uh, in that filmography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't gotten started yet. Yeah. 
I mean, this is the man. Well, I guess he's only directed a couple films, but he did visual effects for like some of the later Alien, Alien Resurrection. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this man seems to came and went with uh with Cat. This movie, this movie. By the end of it, I was going to go bonkers because the editing was driving me insane. So Everything was so over edited, so fast edited, and then on top of it, you didn't have a soundtrack. You mm-hmm. had this, no. that wailing music again that was trying to dictate where the story was going. And so I can't follow the story that's being told because you're singing too much in my face. And all of it was jarring and everything's flashing like this. This is the worst. This is the worst movie. That's that's part of why the fight scenes are so terrible is because no shot lasts more than a couple of seconds. So we as the audience don't really get to see what's happening. Mm-mm. There was the the scene when she's uh, when Halle Berry sees what's going on and she's like running through the warehouse and they're shooting at her and they were like shooting, uh, you know, like everything's like steady cam. So it's all like shaky, but there was a point where they were just showing a bunch of pipes with no people around mm-hmm. and the camera's just moving around. And it's like, what yeah. is that? That's wasting a shot. You're wasting our time. I was so bored. This is what wound up happening because like on my show, I got, I try to look at horror movies, through a gay lens and trying to find a gay angle to things. And if there isn't one, I'll force it. I'll make one up. <laughs> I made one up here because I realized those two bodyguards, I'm like, oh, they're a couple. They're a long time couple. They don't think anybody else did work knows. Because there was oh, one like point that. where he tried he tried to shoot at Halle Berry and then was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> the police said, I'm like, oh, they're married. Okay, they're married. They're married. Okay. So that was it. That was that's how bored I was. And it was nothing gonna even happen yet. <laughs> that's fair. Now, now, Patrick, you mentioned the soundtrack or lack thereof. Now, there are five songs on this. Now, now, but in, in, in addition to what the... I listen to the podcast and I do that the whole time. That's the movie. I mean, in addition to what the captions literally call exotic singing, which is what, what you are now mimicking, and that's what the captions call it. You're um, welcome. I'm going to charge you for that. But it has just this... this it's. I, I think I put in a docket that's one Black Eyed Peas song away from being some of the worst of the mid 2000s like tendencies in music. Like there's a song on the soundtrack just called "The Beatbox Is Around," and you feel that beatbox in a lot of basketball scenes in particular. It's oh, it's it, it angers me. It's so bad. Okay, so the song Brett's talking about is actually in the club scene, not the basketball scene. So. I'm just going to play a short clip of the beatboxes around because, wow, is it obnoxious. Uh, the song in the basketball scene is actually Scandalous by Mystique, and I'm not going to lie, kind of a banger. I'll play a clip of that after. I don't encourage people to watch this movie. I encourage people to watch the basketball scene. It's on YouTube. Go watch it just so you understand. This movie thought this was... This was the scene. This is like, uh, this is the Halle Berry's being all cool. And like, she's showing up Benjamin Bratt and they're having fun. Like, look at how awesome she is. That's what this movie, like this movie thinks it's doing a good job there. And it's, mm-hmm. This movie mm-hmm. thinks it's in, thinks it's, it's normal for like 11 year olds to demand two random adults <laughs> to play one-on-one <laughs> with each other. That's what she says. <laughs> one-on-one. Who? Me and her? Yeah, come on! You want to do this? Oh, what if, like, at the end of that scene... Hey, he's a cop. He's a public servant. Man, hey, I'm the one cop in town. The kid says, I gotta yeah. play basketball. I gotta play basketball. What if after that scene... I mean, she just starts twerking halfway through the scene. But I go, There's a if, scene where part of the scene where she just starts twerking and he just looks at her ass and he's like, yeah, like winks at the camera. So so what if what if after the basketball scene happens, she wins? Obviously, the kid just like throws down a knife and is like, all right, one on one go. <laughs> 
Battle Royale, bitches. <laughs> it's it's so it's such a miss. Like, and it also like tries to be a little bit sexy, which it isn't. And no, no. it's all because they ever get again. Nobody's connecting. They're just I, saying yeah. words. And also, it's right. very weird. Halle Berry's like doing. She's like making the right kind of faces and using her voices in the right kind of way way to be kind of sexy and benjamin bratt's like doing a sexy smile thing and yeah doing but they're acting eye, sexy they're not it's not it's not working the chemistry right not because they're acting sexy they're not being sexy it's two totally different things and, yeah and, like this is what the director told me to do so i'm gonna have to do this i tried it my <laughs> way i have to do it like this now okay even the the cat woman suit is just more laughable than it is. Like, ah, like oh my god, what oh, a chore to get in! What a chore to get out of! It's going to get caught on everything, yeah. and you're always going to have a titty popping out somewhere. <laughs> you're a cat. You've got like six of them. But also, so she modifies that from an, a previous costume she wore earlier in the movie that was for dating emergency, which I busted out laughing the second she opened that I'm box. I have to date myself, yeah. <laughs> it, it, there were on the on the like on the boobs of the shirt because the shirt had boobs. There were zippers. It's like what? Uh, Her friends uh, bought I this mean, for her. guys. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the problems here at Scream headquarters is I have a 35 pound special needs kitty. Uh, she's having her problems. I got to give some medicine. I'll be right back. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> that we was not pause for a second. That way we don't lose Patrick. That was yeah. not a line from the movie, by the way. <laughs> People. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the shot of one. It was like going up to her legs, like the back of her legs, and it gets to her butt, and there's just like giant tears, giant tears in her butt. I'm like, what are we even doing here? Alrighty, we'll we'll go ahead and continue. So, Nicole, you had thoughts on the uh, on the the outfit. I have so many thoughts on this outfit. Number one, I mean, kudos to her friends on trying. Leather is very expensive. That outfit was probably hundreds of dollars. You know, good. Those are good friends to buy her a an expensive outfit in an attempt to get her laid. But it's it's close to being cool, but like but veers off in so many ways. Like the flare pants. I'm like, oh, flare pants and stack heels. I'm like, That's kind of cool. I, I kind of dig it. It's got like a Pam Greer vibe to it. I can live with this. This is, And then it, you know, the camera tracks up to her butt and there are these neatly cut out, like tear designs that are, as you said, are good. they're going to get caught on everything. It's going to rip. Mm-hmm. They're going <laughs> to... It's not giving her no any pockets, no pockets. Support. Yeah, no pockets. <laughs> and then, you know, the bra thing, it's like, it's like, I, it, uh, it's a lot of exposed skin for planning to fight bad guys with. <laughs> it was just trying too hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And no, the, but it's the, like, hat, the helmet, it's like, the she looked like, Egghead from the Batman comics that her headpiece is somehow like way bigger than her actual head. And it was so strange and it threw all the proportions off. And mm. I just hate it. So I'll, I'll say this though, like, like at least in terms of design and we'll talk a little bit about this just as a whole, it's not totally a far cry from Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman years before um, in Batman returns. It, mm. It's like it, it's like someone no, and was like, let's make a sexy Halloween costume version, even though it's already sexy. Enough. Right. Because Michelle Pfeiffer's also has like the like the fact that it leans more heavily into the fact that she's technically dead by like having the stitches everywhere. Um, and that that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about is that this was originally going to be a spinoff of Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer reprising the role. They had the same writer on board. It ended up turning into a very different beast. And, and David, maybe you can answer some of the questions I had here, but like, why make a Batman in name only? Like, I like. There's no Gotham. There's no recognizable characters. Like, I get I get very strong. Never say never again vibes from this movie. Like the James Bond movie that they refuse to talk about because it's not official. <laughs> um, like that's what I get from this. And like, you can do a movie that doesn't have to have Batman in it. Like the Joker did a wonderful job of that, but then it had other parts that still made you feel like you were in Gotham, like the Wayne family mm-hmm. was a thing, like like this world mm-hmm. existed around you. And this movie just omits that entirely. And I don't get why. You you can do a great Catwoman movie if you focus on 
you know, the cat bur- like the cat burglar aspect of it. If she is sort of that femme fatale, the anti-hero sort of element of it. I don't know why she has superpowers. I don't know why. There's no reason for her to have superpowers. Well, I don't know. I mean, Marvel did its own its own take, uh, i.e. its own <clears throat> ripoff of Catwoman with the black cat who's uh, in the Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, sexy cat burglar. And she does have powers. She's got bad, you know, bad luck powers. Oh, yeah. That's Ooh. one of those things that like. Crosses your path. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It was like a joke for a long time until the writer was like, let's make that a real power. And it's like, is that? Do you really need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Man. I don't know. I liked her, but yeah, oh, she's but, great. That cat's great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even. Mind, I didn't even mind uh, so much the history that you got from what's her name, Francis. Oh, oh, yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, Conroy. Conroy. Francis Conroy. Yeah, yeah. well, she was pulling all the history books. It's like there's always been a cat woman. Like they're just they're contortionists <laughs> in the circus, and they were just the women leading this kind of life. And then there's Halle Berry, who's just not doing any of that (laughs) francis conroy only person who's really doing a a acting in this movie she's in that's only because she's being francis conroy which is this kind of like mystical aloof woman uh and the only time when the movie is even interesting and then again not that interesting cat women are not contained by the rules of society you follow your own desires this is both a blessing and a curse. You will often be alone and misunderstood, but you will experience a freedom other women will never know. You are a cat woman. Every sight, every smell, every sound incredibly heightened. No, it's still bizarre. It's still a terrible performance. It doesn't make <laughs> yeah, any sense. I mean, she's and got just- this air to her. You know, she's got this sort of, not just not just mysterious, but like, mystified like how what? how did i end up in this movie what am I doing? how did i end up in this little teeny tiny house in this about in this city block that the city just grew up all around me oh was wow she a cat woman by the way this phrase says your this movie says the phrase you're a cat woman and i could have stopped watching right cat there woman. i'm a cat i'm a cat lady thank you very much <laughs> yeah. it has the you're a wizard harry moment and it's horrible and also like that small tiny house where it just turns into this regal library like in mm. the back of the house oh well, my hey, god cats, those cats like to read man <laughs> right right oh my god yeah i mean so francis conroy she's okay i guess in this movie i mean i was kind of hoping that we'd get Everybody more of like they can yeah yeah. And, and also, like, I, I, I do think that this movie commits one of the cardinal sins of, of films for me, which among many, which is initial voiceover that explains the movie to me when it starts. And and, and I, I literally almost pieced out when the movie starts and she's like, the day I died was the day I started living. I almost turned the movie off. Brett, I blocked that out. Brett, I blocked that out. I had the exact same reaction. I'm like, that was the most pissy ass useless voiceover so bad <laughs> but, but it, it didn't need to be there no because yeah. you're, doing, you're also doing a voiceover and we still know nothing about you <laughs> the voiceover doesn't return for the rest of the movie uh, no. and she says but we'll get to that later that's like the, <laughs> the worst part of it is like the interesting part of my story we'll get to later that's i don't not- know i think it was just like trying to hold the audience's interest by saying I'm going to die later. You're going to want me to die later. Hang yeah. in there and I will. <laughs> I'll come back. Hate to tell you. The thought, the thought that occurred to me halfway through this movie was that this was the production of Catwoman, if I'm not mistaken, that Sean Young made herself a pariah in Hollywood over. Oh, oh, poor Sean Young. She ruined her life trying to get in this movie and it's terrible. Poor woman. Poor, <laughs> poor woman. thing. Oh my God. So this movie cost a hundred million dollars and that's in 2004 oh. money. That is a, an insane budget for a movie How? in 2000. Where did it go? How are the effects so bad for that amount you know of how money? Many, you, know how many, you know how many outfits she probably had to have? Do you right. know how many <laughs> they had to have for that outfit? You know how because much it cost? It's what you want about Michelle Pfeiffer's outfit. At least it was the outfit of a cat burglar. It's 
covering most yeah. of the body. It's sleek. It's made to not be seen. This was on that outfit was made to be seen. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, she does a burlesque show I'm in that outfit, which is what that kind of outfit is for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine uh, most of that movie went to Halle Berry and Sharon Stone's uh, probably like getting them into the movie, but a hundred million two thousand four, and then it made eighty two million. And the most depressing part of that, the most depressing part, was that that was the highest grossing female led superhero movie until Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, that was that actually. I also remember the dark days, the early two thousands. You know, post nine eleven years, we were a very different country. Like everything yeah. was very <laughs> We are hungry for any kind torture of torture porn is on the rise that the people are into. Torture porn and Catwoman, yes. And and here's here's the thing: like let's let's not forget the place of Halle Berry's career that we're in in 2004. We are right off of winning, you know, the 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 first black woman to win Best Actress, and and like the high of her career. And and there's there's this. Then she got me, me, me Severo disease. <laughs> And uh, no, you win an Oscar, then you never do a movie ever again. Right. No, no, no. Bless her. She leans into this. The the, the aforementioned Razzie that David mentioned, she came on stage with her Oscar. So she leaned into the fact that she was an Oscar winning actress that also ended up with this. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. The movie's bad. It's not her fault. Her performance no. is bad. It's not her fault. I mean, no. She, uh, she blames her kudos agent. Kudos to her for accepting it in person. Oh yeah, she, she was her Razzie. She, she was yeah. at the time the fifth person to ever do that in the history of the Razzies. Mm. Does not happen. Yeah. Often. She took it like a champ. <laughs> now, now, David, you mentioned you know this up until Wonder Woman, this was the highest grossing you know female led superhero movie. Nicole, you put in our docket that you know you think this movie wanted to be Birds of Prey in terms of girl power, but more mm. Nolan Batman and levels of seriousness. To which I responded like. This isn't even girl power. It's just male sex fantasy masquerading as girl power. Oh, exploitation. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is to me. Yeah. This is like this is the this is girl power written by an old white man executive, <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe it. Well, yeah. I mean, this reminded me. It kind of reminded me of of Sucker Punch in that it's like supposed to be empowering, <sighs> but it's actually exploitative, and. I mean, this, this to me, I was just like, I was very surprised that one of the writers was female. And then I looked up what she had done. And Patrick, you said she was a, a playwright, you know, a well-known and respected playwright in New York City. And she's done a lot of like police procedurals, which explains why maybe Benjamin Bratt's not horrible in this movie. Like the police part's not bad. But it to me it just reeks there are three other writers who are all male and it just reeks to me of them trying to i don't know sex it up or something spoiler alert it's not very sexy i mean like Halle berry sexy woman but maybe not sexy in everybody's going through the motions but it's not working when when catwoman Eric Kiss with Adrian Brody on the Oscar stage was way sexier than anything that happened in this movie. Yeah, she was the Catwoman was added to the comics number one to bring sex appeal, which is pretty funny if you look at the original Catwoman. I know uh, outfit <laughs> like, that was sex appeal in 1940, uh, and also for like so like okay, there's a female character in here. So for you know when when girls read it, there's a female character, and it's like what if they took just the idea of like we're doing this for the sex appeal. And lost the point where it was supposed to be like, we're supposed to also be bringing women into this movie and making them enjoy it. Well, if you didn't want me to say anything, you didn't have to kick me out. <laughs> your hot, your takes were too hot. But like the cat- cast, press the secret button and there you went. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so Patrick, Nicole had just mentioned that, that, that you had, you had referenced in our docket that, uh, Teresa Rebeck, a celebrated Rebic, playwright, yeah. wasn't yeah. Rebeck was was involved in this. I guarantee yeah. her role was like, "Hey, can you read? Can you give us notes on the script?" And she's like, "Here's a note. This sucks." And they're like, "Thanks, you're getting a writing credit." <laughs> or something oh, I like thought that. it was or the other way around, where she wrote I, something, and like the other three guys just rewrote the hell out of it until it. Was that's what I got from her. Because I mean, she wrote. Um, I mean, she did tons for TV as well. She got an Emmy for writing. Most of the seasons of um, NYPD Blue um, won the Edgar Allan Poe wrote uh, award for mysteries. 
for that. And her, her plays are always smart and, 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 and girl power in a untraditional kind of way. So she seems the perfect choice for it. It looks like that's great. But the studio heads got and said, the boys aren't going to like this. We're going to do our own thing. Thanks, Teresa. Yeah. 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 We'll fix it. Let's have the girls. Let's have the women fight. Like, I could actually see the way <laughs> things were setting up. You had Sharon Stone as the villain, but she herself was being victimized by her husband. And yep. there could have been some kind of girl power thing where the <laughs> Well, she realized she's not angry at the world. She's angry at him. So she's got the two of them take down the patriarchy. But no, we'd have two girls fight. It'd be bitchy because that's what the people want. Yeah. So so I I thought for a very brief moment that it would be kind of cool if they were like teaming up and they allude to that maybe happening and it doesn't. It just goes the other way entirely. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of in on this. At least make out something. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will give it to I don't know if it's Lambert or Lambert Wilson that's doing the, you know, the evil uh, Mr. Hedare um, male head of the company. But he's really good at being hateable. Like instantly, immediately, super smarmy. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, but that's what this movie needs. It needs cartoon hateable. It needs cartoon villainy. And you only get one cartoon villain in the whole thing. And he's Mm. dispatched uh, just off screen. Yes, his death. I was going to say his death is so. It just it just happens. It's just Mm. like oh, by the way, he's dead now. Uh, and I'm blaming it on you because I, I'm tossing a gun in your general direction. Like, oh, hell, my husband was just shot. Right. Oh, the cat lady with a gun. Oh, no. Right I'm Sharon Stone. Yeah. I'm not showing my <laughs> vagina in this movie. No, sir. <laughs> That's right. I mean, honestly, with how boring this movie was, if she had, who would have cared? <laughs> well, meanwhile, Halle Berry is trying not to show her vagina in that outfit. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's and designed I mean, for to shine through. There's so much blur on the lens in Sharon Stone's shots that you wouldn't have seen anything anyway, even if she tried to show it off. The thing <laughs> that was funny was I, the TV I started watching the movie on, I, I don't know why I switched, but initially I was looking at it going, man, everybody is so digitized. All their faces looked really f***ed up. And I, when I moved to a different TV, because I, I think of cat problems, but oh, now they look normal. But for a while they're like, man. Talk about Uncanny Valley. This is what the whole budget was for. But- yeah. It's a lot of blur. She was only 46 when they made this movie. It's a lot of blurring for a, a still very beautiful 46-year-old uh, woman. 46 in the beauty industry, she may as well be 100. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, 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 the, or the booty industry or the bowdy, depending on how they're pronouncing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's bowling, it's bueling, it's violin, it's Bueline, yeah. Bula, whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, why? <laughs> that, that's another thing that just reads to me like men wrote this movie in part or rewrote it. Because like the whole, the fact that like for the girl power movie, the bad guy has to be the cosmetics industry is just not cool or fun. <laughs> like it's just, it's terrible. It's no. No, they weren't even testing on animals. How bad could they be? Not even like explored that. I could see if cat. I could see if Catwoman was very upset about this cosmetic industry testing on animals. That would make sense. I would have gotten behind that. But like the movie wants you to just be like, ah, the, they put really ridiculous standards on on women, right? Like that's that is the extent to which the beauty industry is vilified. Yeah, and it's not interesting, right? No, and they're replacing their older spokesmodel with a very young spokesmodel. Woo! Right. Oh my god, they went to Cirque du Soleil for like 15 hours. <laughs> the shot where she jumps onto the stage, like the you face. see the CGI Halle Berry leap like into the foreground. <laughs> oh, what a shot. This, this Cirque du Soleil fake as I was calling it cuz I'm like what they've been doing the same moves, the same moves yes. for like 25 minutes. We All have right. umbrellas. We're jumping in circles, and we have yeah. umbrellas. We're talking in circles. Get the fuck out of here! What? Sorry, bleep me, bleep me. That was ridiculous. How, so, how was uh, Cirque du Soleil? Oh, it was great. One guy just spun in one place for twenty-five minutes. It was <laughs> riveting. 
It weirdly reminded me of the scene. This is gonna be a weird parallel where like Palpatine and, and Anakin are watching whales at the opera. It's just like Wait, the least what? cool thing to be watched. Do you not remember this in, yeah. in episode three? Episode three. And what's great about that too? I, I blocked wow. episode three out. I think it, entirely. It is an <laughs> opera where whales, holograms of whales, are floating around. And this is the scene where Anakin realizes that Palpatine is bad. And you're like the whole time you can't help but think that's the show they're watching <laughs> and and if you watch hey, you know that- it's, an appro- it's an improvement to opera because like i've been to opera it's a 400 pound lady dying of consumption even she's bored some whales would wake you up a bit let's give you some soothing. <laughs> they uh the, the, another not to talk about another movie but in that scene in episode three if you also look in the background <laughs> people are constantly cheering but if you watch anybody in the background it, it stone faces nobody is reacting to what is happening at all yeah, it's the whales cheering out their blowholes. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's so. Ing- I mean, and just the and like and like even like that's the opera. That's the opportunity for it to be kind of fun for a moment. Is like they're gonna fight in the middle of a circus of light performance. That's not fun either. They just hang out on the catwalk, <laughs> but they just it's not fun. Like no. Not, at least they're trying. no. At least the audience be like, "Oh God, there's so many people." If there's a fight going on backstage, maybe they'll cancel the show. Please, let us out here. <laughs> We've <laughs> been here for four days. <laughs> even even when there's like cops swarming the theater, they're like, "All right, just keep performing." I guess <laughs> this is the well, hell and we're stuck in. <laughs> we are just extras. We have not been giving anything to do. We're not allowed to say anything. Just keep doing what we're doing. And here's what infuriated me about the scene. There's a moment where it could, could be it could be kind of cool. Oh, not again. Where she grabs yeah. <laughs> she she grabs the power outlet or whatever and she's like, "Can you guys see in the dark?" cuz I can. And turns out the lights and the scene ends. There's no like cool Catwoman running around in the dark owning them all. It's just next scene. Okay, boys. Show of hands. Who can see in the dark? And cats can't see in the dark. That's a lie. They can't see in the dark. They can see better in the dark. I would have been better to be like, hey, you guys eat your own young. I do sometimes. I just had this baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, that would have been edgy. I could have, you know, I could get down with that. You know, cat woman is a horror movie. She's a cat burglar who eats babies. (laughs) 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 Only her own, though. So, so this is this is kind of a broader discussion topic, but it seems to me, and we've talked about this briefly in other podcasts, that the early two thousands just couldn't figure out superhero movies. Like, there's a couple. Like, I, I, I think the original Tobey Maguire Superman, Super, uh, Spider, Super Spider Man, <laughs> Spider Man. It's like it's okay, but but this is the era of this and Ben Affleck Daredevil, Ooh. Fantastic Ooh. Four. <laughs> like, this is this Ooh. is the. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just uh, this, making pain noises. <laughs> no, this is the era where it was it was shifting because yeah, the like the, the movie hero, the movie hero, the superhero movie industry today would not exist without, as you said, the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man because uh, that yeah. came out in two thousand and two, and it was like, oh wow, we can actually make good superhero movies. And then a couple years and before X-Men. that, yeah, you had X Men, and then X two came out in two thousand three. Those like those movies, and then uh, Spider-Man Two coming out a couple years later. Like those four movies really were like, "Hey, we can make good superhero movies." So for this to come out amidst all that really helps just to plummet it. Of like, what was anybody thinking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and here, here's the other thing. And I'm gonna get hate for this. And send me your emails at at I am Brett Stewart on Twitter. There's something about like the fact that Catwoman. I know I'm going to get hate for this. Catwoman is not cool to me in her powers in this movie. No. And maybe it's just this movie in particular. But she, but it's like it's almost like how I feel about Aquaman. He talks to fish. He's not cool. At me on Twitter. Oh, that's not. No. Hey, hey, hey. That's not what Aquaman does. I mean, he does. He can't talk to fish. Aquaman does so much more. Were you there in the years when he lost his hand, Brett? Were you there? Yeah. Bearded Aquaman uh. years. You weren't. Aquaman rules. You weren't there for Aquaman Hooker, goddammit. But, <laughs> but it's just like not a cool superhero to movie. No, no, because at least Michelle Pfeiffer in the role was having fun with what she was doing. 
she was, she was, yeah. she was making a game out of everything. It wasn't just saying all these stupid words. She was saying these corny lines on purpose and making it sexual and playing into the role as her Selena was playing into the role. It's just, whereas this is just, I'm just saying stuff because it's in the script. I'm not going to explain <laughs> anything or why I just did that. There was no and reason to what, what I just that? did, but I did it. <laughs> if not, they could just siege me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to say, if you, if you miss your marks, I'll just CGI. And it <laughs> so, so how do we feel about the evolution then of Catwoman ending up as the, the probably more recognizable now version of Anne Hathaway in the Nolan films? I mean, it's the closest to the comics. It's a cat suit anyway that she's wearing. <laughs> Barely. Barely a cat suit, but yes. I don't even remember her. It's Earth or nothing for me, so I'm, I'm not the one to talk to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never understood the lo- the love for Julie Newmar over the kit personally. It's, it's, hey, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, for Julie Newmar. Without her, that would be not, <laughs> that movie would not exist. I mean, okay, that that's a hey, good reason to justify her existence, but still, I Julie still think Newmar, was the best Catwoman. Julie Newmar had to walk so Eartha Kit could run. I say, assuming that they happened in that order, <laughs> I actually have no idea. <laughs> well, like we got this, we got this one lady who's great, but then this other lady shows up and she pretty much purrs in real life with every word that she says. I think we should give her the role. <laughs> oh, the purr. We didn't even really talk about the purr. Also, we're, we're also we're kind of scared of her. The hissing of dogs, the running from rain, the purr that is it the purr that just puts Sally to sleep? <sighs> what? Yeah, like Sally, like she, like she loudly purrs at the necklace, and then Sally just hits the floor behind her. I'm a white noise machine. She passes out because of the cosmetic. The view line. Oh, sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is not a superpower that she purrs and people go to sleep. View line. How long does view line take to work? Sally seems fine. All right. Right. She she has been in the hospital for 14 years. (laughs) (laughs) Around in yoga pants, waiting for someone to have sex with her. Now, see, at least Sally's living her best life at the end of this movie. At least here's the dark. Here's the dark version of it. She's still in the hospital. She's just been there so long. They've just made up her room. That's still her doctor that is just checking in on her. Turned into Shutter Island. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, her face hasn't disintegrated. (laughs) We're actually using her. As a supporting wall now. <laughs> we just built around her. Oh, yeah. No, she's a column in the cafeteria now. She's happy. Throw some cookies every now and then. Some jello. So, Catwoman, guys, as we wrap up, is there anything redeemable? Was there any part of this that you found fun or interesting or compelling in any way, shape, or form? No, it, it was, wasn't even bad, like funny bad. It just was yeah. disappointing and just flat as a pancake. It's so boring. So disappointing. Yeah, you've got Halle Berry. You've got Sharon Stone. You've got them fighting each other. Normally, uh-huh. and, and there should be scenery chewing everywhere, and there just isn't. Normally, and there's no stakes. There's no stakes. Yeah, so zero stakes. Normally, like movies that are like bad like this, I would be like, yeah, watch it with some friends, have some drinks, just laugh at it. If that, if you did that with this one, you would start off laughing, and then about thirty minutes in, you'd all start talking about something else, and the movie would just play in the background. You wouldn't even realize. Your friends wouldn't be inviting you over next time. Right, exactly. <laughs> we ain't gonna call her this week. No. Yeah, they picked no. Catwoman. <laughs> Never talk to them again. <laughs> Uh, though David, what's that girl ain't right? If we're gonna talk about 2004, 2005, the Marvel side of it all, what's worse, this or Electra? Uh, this probably this because Electra's pretty bad. I haven't seen Electra, but probably <laughs> Electra's less boring. This is famous for how bad it is. I just I don't know yeah. a lot about Electra. All right, fair enough. Electra's not good. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think actively uh, bad. <laughs> I think the rush to get a lot of those super movie heroes out there, and this is not my genre, so I'm talking out of my ass here, but I, not all of them have the support to hold up a movie. Like, yeah. But yeah. Catwoman should be able to support her own woman, uh, her own movie. Oh, yeah, There's something about that character that you could put her into any situation and she would be interesting and sexy and surprising, and it just failed. No. The, right. The, and, and that's why I want that world around her. Whereas the Green Horn, the Green Hornet movie was never going to be a good idea. It was never a good idea. So. No, or Green Lantern, whichever one it was, both of them, both, both bad, both bad. 
Yeah, and that's why I want more of that DC world around her. You know, don't take away from Catwoman. Don't make it a Batman movie, but just lend that, you know, very vivid world to the character. Don't just make it a New York stand-in. Yeah. Or at least put it someplace absolutely ridiculous. You know, Catwoman goes, I don't know, Hawaiian. I don't There was a whole, there was a storyline where Catwoman. I'm, Cat- I'm Catwoman and I'm on a sexy cruise. And there seems to be some sort of ability afoot. There's, there's a little there's While boning a, everybody on this boat. Perfect. Love it. Uh, there's actually one of my favorite podcasts, Spontaneous Nation, has a, has basically what you just described, which is an improvised. That was an improv, uh, it, like the last half of it is improvised. And they did this whole thing about mm. Catwoman on a cruise ship uh, or similar esque. But I was going to say, uh, dang it, I forget. Now, never mind. Cut this part cool out. Cool story, Brett. I think that's, that's a Catwoman. There's a whole storyline in the comics where Cat or not in the comics. There's a whole comic where it's just Catwoman going to Rome and doing Catwoman like things. And it's it's pretty good. Just make that into a movie. Sure. Fine. That that sounds better than this. She's eating pasta, but she's eating Catwoman it like a cat. Good. It's crazy. Right. She put it in a bunch of milk. Uh, Catwoman raids the Vatican. Cat- you know. Do not push the boss in the milk and give it to the cat. What did I just tell you? <laughs> well, you okay. Rama. Very bad idea. She'll eat the fish right off the sushi, with, but not eat the rice. Because that's. Yeah, see, guys, my, my cat's been sick the last two days, and I'll tell you that that diet is a lot less interesting than this movie might make it seem. I've been feeding her boiled chicken and rice, and she's still being a little prissy asshole mm. about it. And it is just a whole thing. Mm. So. <laughs> That's my internal gripe of the week. I think we can be done talking about well, Catwoman. That's a cat. Right. Uh, cat, yeah. cat. That's a cat. That's a cat. Remember, they're always going to give you hard Always. Time. Uh, so Catwoman, we watched it. It was, you did this to us. And by golly, was it ever right in the vein of some of the worst <sighs> ones we've seen here, I think. I was so happy when you guys invited me to I come on the show. And now here we are. <laughs> I tried to warn you. I mean, you. it wasn't Nicole. It was an emoji movie. Why you do this to me, Nicole? I'll still stand by this being better than emoji movie. I will. Okay, yeah. The emoji movie. I will, yeah. I will I'll agree with that. It's upsetting. But what, a soulless okay. cash, cash grab? <laughs> what? What are you talking this about? This is one of the lowest rated movies we've ever done. I think the the other two were the emoji movie was like point one below this on IMDb, and then Jurassic Galaxy. We're a bodyguard, or 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 is there was like a full point below this? Wait, there's a what? There's a who? There's a Jurassic Galaxy? <laughs> barely, <Yeah>. barely. <laughs> it's like a vanity project <laughs> that some dude did out in the California backyard. Okay, or something, but okay. So they didn't they didn't die out. They just left the planet like the exactly. Dolphins. Got it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's go around the horn and see where we can find everybody online. Uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit about your show and maybe give like a, a, a recommendation if someone wants to jump into it. What's a good episode to start with? Okay, that is a very good question. Hi, my name is Patrick Walsh, and since 2010, I've been making the world a more fabulously creepy place over at Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay, and that's Queens with a Z, like Liza. <laughs> Liza Minnelli for you straight people out there. It's a joke that gay people get. Anyway, work with me here. But um, yeah, so it's a twice-monthly guided tour of the weird and wonderful world of horror movies from all different ages and all different times and all different styles, but... There's a caveat. You're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. <laughs> and once you see them, once you see them in my eyes, you'll never see them the same way. So it's all fun. Um, yeah, we're doing it for 10 years. Um, keeps me very happy. Uh, sorry, I just ran out of steam. I did burn out my own. <laughs> How long have you been doing the smoochy watching segment of your show? Well, Smoochie has been with me for four years, so it would be that much. She has been such a she's such a huge pain in the ass that she gets her own segment on the show. Like, what did this bitch do this week? <laughs> Love it. She's three hundred pounds. <laughs> oh dear. She, she's the main coon, so she's the size of oh a beagle. God. She's huge. So oh, she comes okay. Up, yeah. Yeah. My niece saw her when she was four years old and rode her around the apartment like a pony because <laughs> She's a big girl. So when she when you add special needs on top of that, she gets scary. I, I will say that this this movie messed with my cat. Every single time there was meowing, she'd just turn around and be like, Whoa, and give me this like rut row look. And it was just oh. it was so funny. Poor Mavis. She didn't get it. Mavis did not know what was going on. <laughs> well, um Your cat's name is Mavis. Mavis Staples. Mavis is one of my favorite yeah. names. Okay, okay. Um <laughs> 
But yeah, but doing it for 10 years, it's a tons of fun. And even people who don't like horror movies, like my show, like 40% of my listeners don't even like horror movies. They listen because I'm funny. And you don't have to be gay either. So it's all, it's everybody's welcome. It's a good time. Absolutely. And you can check that out at screamqueens.com, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, www.screamqueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a C. And if you were, if I, a good place to start, um, if you don't like horror movies or you like prefer uh, not gory, scary things, I did every October, I do this um, uh, marathon of like 30 shows in 30 days to raise money for homeless LGBT. Uh, kids and I did an episode this last year uh, on the 1944 movie The Uninvited great ghost story with Ray Milan all atmosphere super spooky not scary you can watch it with the family it's a good time we have a ton of fun ripping it apart because it's filled with gay coding from the Hayes the Hayes Code days right on well I I, I, and if you're old like me I would recommend you did a a episode on the, the Halloween episode of Facts of Life I think Oh and, yes, yes. <laughs> I which was I've very much enjoyed. <laughs> oh, I still have listeners that haven't forgiven me for that because it was during this podathon season. I kept plugging. I yeah, I, I've come across this. Uh, there's going to be a screening of this lost Argento film, Dario Argento film, and it's going to be the first time it's screening in the states. The first time it's been seen since the 1960s. It's called The Legend of Grizzly Gertie. I gave him the whole plot. I built it up for weeks. It was the day of the show. I'm like, guess what? There's no movie. It's actually the Halloween episode of The Facts of Life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also called the Grizzly Girl. I gave him the whole plot, but it was just the facts of life. It was a good time. Right on. Well, it was it was wonderful to have you. I think my answer to what episode of 125 should I listen to when people ask me that question might might very well now be Catwoman because this is very indicative of a you did this to a segment. So thank you for being on, uh, Patrick. It was a pleasure. You know what? You're right. I, I show, why do I do that? Why do I recommend good episodes? Because people always want to hear people. <laughs> I could recommend a movie. Tell I'm blue in the face. Like I'll find the best movie, and nobody will watch it if I talk about something that's a huge piece of shit, like where everybody chimes in. Oh, absolutely! And we can't wait to watch that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, there are some of our most popular episodes are the "You Did This to Us." Yes, they are. And I think they dig some of our best sometimes, just because we're having such a good time hating. Absolutely. It. <laughs> uh, David, where can people find you online? You can follow me on Twitter at Devluz. That is D A V L U Z. Find out what I'm up to there with "Hit Me One More Time." Very good. And Unicole. I have a letterboxed account under Nicole underscore Davis, and I'm I'm going to go over there and update it right now so that it's I've got everything listed properly and rated properly and you can see what I like. What's Catwoman getting? Is it a one star? Oh, God. I do. Uh, Nicole, I see you have a for Catwoman on your letterboxed. <laughs> we know you're watching, Nicole. You really should put it on there. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, Dad. We'll get there. All righty. <laughs> Can't live a lot, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be honest about what I've been through. <laughs> I'm never going to get over it. It's written all over your face. We'll never be the same, any of us. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's changed us. Uh, you can find me on no. Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. That is Brett with two T's and Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And of course, you can find the show at MGRpodcast.com. If you want to get all the social links for all the stuff we've talked about here, along with the social links for the show where you can vote on You Did This To Us Weeks, just go to social.mgrpodcast.com. A reminder, next week is new to two. So we will see you then. Then. 